Pod Rap Pod back once again live from Tone Freak Studios in San Jose, California. I say live, but you're going to hear it pre-taped. Whatever. It's like Saturday Night Live, which is kind of whack because we've never seen a really live episode of Saturday Night Live. Well, they do it live (laughs) on both coasts now. Yeah. Like you get it at 8.30. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. So I can watch Saturday Night Live at 8.30? Yes. It's 2018. You can can be awake. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2018. We shouldn't watch that show, period. Um, (laughs) This week's episode was good. uh, That's right. That's right. But we will not date ourselves by saying who was on it. Right. Um, If it was the Donald Trump episode, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, y'all? It's uh, the Dad Bod Rap Pod. We're back again with more Fly Wonderful Conversation. I am joined by my co-conspirators on the left and right. Oh, first of all, my name's Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dem One Struggle Rap Artur in the building. Uh, to my left, we have scribe god, writer extraordinaire, Mr. David Ma. How's it going? Hey, guys. Really good to be here. Um, such a long day at work. I've never been so happy to be in a room with a bunch of sweaty dudes. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. And to my right, we have... Nasty Nate LeBlanc. What's happening? What's up, world? Um, everything is good. A lot of good news for us lately. I'm feeling this. Yeah, stoked. Grateful. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, you know, we're kind of like rookie of the year candidate in the <laughs> podcast world. I mean, I don't want to break my arm patting myself on the back here. But, uh, we're talking we- to a lot of cool people who are moving things in the culture, and it's been, like, pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very grateful for the attention. Absolutely. Very, very quickly. Um, and we're we're definitely pleased to have some some incredible guests and interviews, which you'll you'll be hearing very shortly. But we wanted to kick off this episode by talking about something that's familiar to folks, especially if you're our age ish. This seems to be the new going to the club, which is uh, Netflix and chill. Um, I was told by a millennial that that actually means like. Let's watch Netflix and then have casual sex. Right, like I, until we have sex. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah. I didn't I, I'm I'm kinda little having some age issues around that one. I thought it literally meant like like just what watch. I do all the time. Right. And it literally means the opposite of what I do all the time. Right. But what a low get in if you're if you're really trying to hook up, all you needed was like a basic cable subscription. These millennials, I mean, people go bad on them, but they they figured out some things. Yep. So Netflix has some very interesting uh, rap-related offerings that have come out of late, and we're going to chop it up about a few of those and actually talk to somebody whose, uh, whose life was turned into a Netflix special. But what I wanted to start with is the new documentary uh, feature program called Rapture, which, which just came out, which is this uh, very interesting behind-the-scenes look at the lives of rappers we know and love and also G-Eazy and Logic. So, <laughs> so Nate, I, I know you've you peeped a couple ones. What, which ones have you seen? What are your, your kind of thoughts on the program? Sure. So um, these are produced by Mass Appeal. Um, oh, okay. And okay. Sasha Jenkins from Ego Trip is overseeing the programming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you hear someone talking off camera, that's him. Like, he took these journeys with these artists, as far as I can tell. Hmm. If not all of them, then some of them. And, um, you know, Nas is a part owner in 
uh, Mass Appeal, mm. and they have signed Davies, so we'll get to that in a second, but makes a lot of sense. Um, I saw someone on Twitter say that these are kind of like an extended Mass Appeal commercial. That's exactly what it is. It, they have a point, but that doesn't make it uninteresting, totally right? Sure. So I think the clear... For us, um, best episode was the Just Blaze episode. Absolutely. 100%. Um, he's, you know, funny on Twitter, but I didn't realize what his life was like. He, like, drives a Lamborghini and wears <laughs> all this vintage polo. And, like, his mom emerges as this awesome, sympathetic character who, like, raised him and, like, kept all of his old gear. And, like, he just, is like, comes from, like, a loving environment. And he's he's brilliant. So just to kind of be able to spend that time with him. And I think everyone in the series who's kind of well-established made a point to go around and, like, hang out with people who are maybe less known or less in the public eye. So, for instance, when Just Blaze hangs out with Havoc and they do the kind of uh, recreation of Shook Ones Part 2, it's like you get to hear that of what it would sound like if it's a Just Blaze beat Mm -hmm. when he steps up and kind of takes over the controls. And for me, that's that's worth the price of admission, which is what it is. $11.99 a month already. How quickly did Havoc do that? I know. Like, it was was almost freaky, the the, his ability to kind of recreate something, you know, so iconic. Yeah, it's just magic. I mean, it just happens right away. Um, I wouldn't mind even seeing just an episode with Just Blaze's mom. Seriously. <laughs> Off top. Or you can come to my house because I was like, Just Blaze, your mom's extra like my mom. Oh, it's so charming. So, this is so sweet. So sweet. So um, sweet. So the Nas and Dave East episode is interesting. It's kind of about mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave East's family is hilarious, too. His dad is just like spitting real talk mm-hmm. about like how he ruined his basketball career. Um, and I... We like his music, so we want to know more about him, right? Yep. So I thought I thought that was a really interesting look. Nas has kind of said it all at this point. I didn't find what he was saying to be super right. interesting in this episode, but he's a legend. Yeah, um, I would like to hang out on a porch in New Orleans with him. Totally, if, totally. He, if I were invited. Um, so I thought that was a, an interesting way to phrase the episode. And then the other one that was really interesting was Two Chains, which yes. is essentially <laughs> prosperity gospel. It's like I, I. Th- I don't find him to be a very good technical rapper, and he mentions that in the thing, but he values himself so highly that he gets paid insanely for his guest verses, mm-hmm. and that's essentially his job. Yeah. And yep. so it kind of is about when he hurt himself and had to go on tour anyway, and it's a pretty compelling narrative. You hang out with his family. You see kind of his life, but his life is like private jets and the world's richest but a dog. Re- a and- really southern gentleman. It's, it's hilarious. I mean, yeah. he's got like this three-foot joint hanging out of his mouth but he's very smooth and charismatic and a boss hoggian yeah, uh, totally. sort of way. He's smoking 100% of the time. <laughs> which is just it's right. cool to be that productive. Right. I'm impressed. Yeah, he walks around with black mun. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but I mean, what about the episodes that we don't like that we're not going to watch? Um, hashtag Logic and G-Eazy. Yeah. I just I don't, I don't, I don't care enough that? about those guys to give them an hour of my life. Right. Um, I guess if I were to choose, I would watch the G-Eazy first because he's just, from Volcano. Just from yeah, the Bay Area right. aspect. Yeah. Just from just that. Just that alone, for sure. For Got sure. you. Unless we're looking for cornballs or something. <laughs> I also didn't watch the A Boogie with Da Hoodie one, but I would. Like, I, I, no, I would watch it. I, I, went, I got about halfway into that, yeah. and then I'm just like, who is this again? What are we? What, are we? <laughs> yeah. what is this about? Um, yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I might watch the G Easy one. You're right. Just for the just for the kind of Bay Area, yeah, just the Bay love uh, props. Kind of corny that that's the first look that we get as a region on mm-hmm. this program. But right. I, I get it. He, he's popular. I get it. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, when we were doing research for this uh, episode, I mean, how many bad hip hop documentaries are out there right now? It just kind of reaffirms like the 
terrible production value and sort of their lack of approach 30 yeah. years later yeah. still. There's a lot of lazy, I'm using air quotes, you can't see documentaries, right. which are really just some studio footage and totally. some talking head interviews on like a bad camera. Mm-hmm. So, Well, uh, I think the, the organized noise um, that one's great with documentary was one of the first ones that I saw that really took you behind the music and, and into the lives of, mm-hmm. of the folks involved and gave you a backstory that you didn't necessarily know about. I feel like I understand the Dungeon Family experience mm-hmm. so much better. And I think um, Rapture, I don't know if that was their intent, but it gives you that almost that same kind of feel where mm-hmm. um, we're getting the, the personal lives of rappers who inhabit an almost fantasy-like persona. Like, you don't imagine two chains on the couch with his kids right 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 kind of playing around mm-hmm. and just it just being a, a dad and it it seems genuine as totally. a dad i totally you know i'm like oh okay when he leaves the kids are kind of like ah oh, you know we want to go with you and so it really humanizes rappers mm-hmm. in an interesting way um i know nate thought the the rap city one was too human um uh, <laughs> little boring kind of kind of basic she's a nice person Sure. Yeah, I, I didn't even watch that one, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I wasn't that interested. I did want to watch this because it was sort of the lone female, um, you know, aspect sure. of that. But, sure. I mean, is there anything I'm missing? Um, it's cute. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. I mean, it's almost They're like nice. she's hanging out with her auntie, and it's like she went to college, and she's, she had the little rap crew. And, I mean, her story is 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 nice. You're right. It's There's nothing kind of salacious or, or super exciting about it. But I think, in general, Rapture is a is a great program i i hope they keep going with it who do we want to see on rapture next who who do we want to see covered well i mean having having just seen the just blaze one and sort of that representing the east i would love to see a madlib one i mean oh, just, my goodness. just him sitting at his you know at his studio going through records i'd be stoked on yeah you know oh, and, and such a wealth of sort of approach and i want to learn more about his mindset because he's sort of this reclusive dude there's just so much you know to be had there. Okay. Yeah, okay. I would go E40. Nice. I want to see E40 uh, monitoring production of his various beverage lines <laughs> and hanging out with his son, who's also a hip hop figure. Yep, and right, like right. kind of see a little bit of his life, like the Danville mansion, kind of a yep. home recording studio. He's at the Warrior game. Making right. yeah. four albums at a time because one's just boring for him now. Yeah. Yeah, well, he has that new one with uh, Be Legit, right? Be yeah. Legit. Yeah. yeah. Pretty solid. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was okay. listening to it. Yeah. I, I said this on Twitter, and I would say it in real life. To me, there's no such thing as a bad E-40 and Be Legit song. Yeah. If they're both on there, I like that song. Like, <laughs> super, I, super solid. Just solid. And, and his life is is one of the untold stories in hip-hop, I think. Yeah. Because there's, there's definitely, and this is this chaps my hide, um, there's definitely a perception when you get far east enough in the United States that he's kind of just a goofy guy, which, right. which cracks me up from people that'll listen to Dipset, right. thought ODB was really dope, which I do too, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but our but E-40 is a bridge too far for you guys? Totally, like, totally. Um, so he doesn't necessarily, I think, in the game in general get that type of respect, so yeah. it'd be great to see him. I, I love to see Migos only because you would understand anything in the whole episode. <laughs> right. Like they kind of just mumble and their chains are jingles. I, yeah. I have to put the <laughs> subtitles on for sure. <laughs> right? That's 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 kind of what we need. So we we got Rapture, we've got um what was the other one that we just talked about? 
we got Rapture. The organized, organized noise. noise. That one's great. I want to give a Anything shout else? to uh, Sasha Jenkins' first project, yep. which was a public television project. I think it was on PBS first, but then it got bought by Netflix. Was uh, Fresh Dressed. Yes, so that's that one's awesome. Okay. Fantastic, okay. fantastic. Yeah. Kanye I, with that. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Kanye's on there. Dapper Dan. Yeah. Um, just the whole thing. Of, the aesthetic is so much like old school Ego Trip as well. Yes. It's very refreshing. Yeah, I love that documentary, and I think it led to him being able to do this. So mm. worth, worth a watch if people haven't seen it. Yeah, shout out to uh, Peter Binbender, who um, I worked with way back in the day, but he is like the main director or filmmaker for that. Nice. And uh, just it's really good to see these cats kind of jumping into the world that they kind of started for themselves 20 years ago. Yeah. You know? Mm. Okay, is it is is that it? Oh, I want to shout out a weird one. Hopefully, it's still on there. Is the documentary about Malice from the Clips? Oh, mm. I've never uh, seen that. Super, you gotta like scroll eighteen pages. Is it about when he's born again? It's about him and his yeah, his kind of journey of leaving huh. the Clips, becoming his lack of malice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Nate pulling up from three. Um, <laughs> Yes, yes, it's his it's his journey um from leaving the group. They talk a lot to Pusha T and um Pharrell is in it a lot, so it's a lot about their backstory, okay. also about how their their manager uh was busted for for slanging dope and doing doing serious time. It's telling really me compel- someone affiliated with the Clips was selling dope. No, I know. No I way. know. No it's way. it's wild but no true. Way. Um, so that, that documentary is super duper interesting and just kind of random. Right on. Yeah, I'll check that out. I want to see if that's still on there. Um, I really like the clips. So I I just want to quickly shout out the, the other one that I liked was, uh, it's called bad rap. Um, it features a dumbfound dead, uh, my dude, David Rex Dizzy Lee, um, that actress slash rapper, uh, Aquafina. Okay. And, uh, these cats, um, who are part of a group called, Can- um, Year of the Ox. I was going to say Cannibal Ox. Okay. But, um, I feel like I would have seen it already if it was about Cannibal <laughs> totally, Ox. Totally. Totally. But it's, it's about generation and a half to second generation, uh, Asian Americans. So it mm. deals with Asians and, ha- and rap music and sort of the diaspora as well. And, and it's very LA based. And um, just just super interesting. And Dumbfound Dead is really you know emerges as a sort of really forward thinking guy who's put himself out there. Nice. And it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, I like some of the music as well. So I definitely want to shout those guys out. Awesome, awesome. And if you have time and you also have an Amazon Prime subscription for some reason, like I do, there is a horrible Wu Tang documentary that you have to watch. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen it. Just just for the pure car crash value of it. Um, I can't remember the name, but go on Amazon Prime. Look for a Wu-Tang documentary. It is so bad. It's the one with the good production value? Just kidding. That that doesn't exist. (laughs) That was the one you were talking about. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So Netflix and chill. It's nothing but history here. This is like the history channel of hip-hop right here. We have an amazing, amazing interview for y'all today uh, with, with an MC who 
whose personal story as well as their contributions to the culture are just so huge. Roxanne Shante, the real Roxanne, was gracious enough to talk to us in what was a just an amazing interview. It was kind of hard not to like just fan out totally. and um and, and kind of just fall on the floor. But she has incredible stories. Um, when we talk about the resurgence of, of women in hip-hop, she was doing it circa 84. Right. Uh, she's 14 years old. Jeez. Just just amazing. Uh, as, many as, you, uh, as many of you know, she has a biopic about her life, which is on Netflix right now, that you should definitely check out. And so... Yeah, how would you feel about it, Nate? I was just Great. spazzing. She was awesome. Yeah, she was she was really entertaining. She seems like a, a tough lady, totally. which kind of comes across in the movie. Um she's clearly um eloquent. She knows mm-hmm. kind of how to answer a question. She was just really cool, really gracious with her time. Um it, it was really fun to talk to her. I think our guests or our listeners are really going to enjoy totally. this one. One of one of my favorite sort of classic uh, hip hop footage clips is from uh, that documentary Big Fun in the Big Town. And that's the one where the it's that footage of Bismarcky, skinny Bismarcky with that hat <laughs> that says Bismarcky on it and he's beat, beatboxing and she's rapping. And uh you know, just to get her, you know, talking to us is just incredible, especially with all the recent fervor about the but the film. Totally. We actually, uh, before we even knew the Netflix movie was coming out, we were trying to reach out to her right. when we were first starting the podcast to get her on, and now it makes sense why they were waiting. Right. It was kind of totally. like, you know, it felt like we were being ignored, but it actually worked out way better, yep. so it's awesome. Well, we got our foot in the door right away, so that's good. You know? Yeah. I'd like to point out, first female guest yes. on the Dead 100%. Bond Rap Pod. Definitely not the last. Definitely yep. not the last, yeah. but... You know, we go big or go home here. Right. <laughs> Trailblazers, man. Absolutely. And what what I love from just the kind of MC perspective is her voice is her voice. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So the, yeah. the voice that, you know, when I was a, a young tyke and I was like, totally. who is this? Like, yeah. she talks on the phone. That's her voice. Totally. Yes. Yeah. That's, so, that's Roxanne laughing, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, that's man. her giggling. It's great. Yeah. So she gets into... Um, kind of the message behind the movie, what she wants to do next, as mm-hmm. well as is some great stories about the uh, Queensbridge, right. Bronx, Beef, and Karis one. Yeah, Marley so stories. Just her, she gave us so much in, in, a, in a kind of 15, 20-minute package. So without further ado, we present to you our interview with the real Roxanne, Roxanne Shante, Dad Bod Rap Pod. Hello. Hello. Hey, hello. This is Dave. Uh, this is Dave from um, Dad Bod Rap Pod. Um, we're here. We're here uh, trying to get in touch with Roxanne. Is this you? Oh, How are you? I'm well. You know, first off, we just like to say thank you for your time. We are just huge fans. Um, and uh, you know, just to get you on here, it's uh, we're really honored. Um, I just want to introduce you to a couple guys who will be uh, assisting me right now. Um, one is named Damone and the other is Nate. And we're just going to be throwing some questions at you. We're just huge fans and really honored to have your time. Okay, great. No problem. Cool, cool. Well, you know, I, I want to just quickly start off because, you know, you've been in the news uh, recently for the uh, Netflix film. And how do, can you kind of let people know how that came about? Because we're, we're huge fans of the Juice Crew, huge fans of your history. But how did Netflix and, and you guys connect? Well, actually, what it was done was with their producers... We wanted to have the largest possible platform that we felt would be best mm-hmm. for the movie itself, but also to get the message out to everyone. So because we felt that the movie isn't just a, a movie that people that we put out in order to, okay, we want to 
make money off this. No, we felt the importance of having this story told at this time. So for us, Netflix having 180 million homes, wow. we felt that this was the best possible platform, especially for our urban community to be able to watch it, you know, at their leisure. Right, right. So with this, it's, there's really a lot of, of kind of a message of empowerment for women. And so in this moment in hip-hop, kind of how do you feel about this current resurgence of women in hip-hop? We've got kind of Cardi B is standing at the, at the top of the game right now. I'd I just love to get your thoughts on, on how you feel about that. Oh, I, I, feel, I feel great. I feel um, honored. I think that it's, um, it definitely makes me feel honored and proud to be a female rapper in this day and age, to know that whatever it is that I have done in the past has contributed to the fact of the level of success that these young women have today. It is a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Roxanne, did you uh, coach Shantae Adams yourself in, to, uh, in uh, like how to portray you, especially in terms of being an MC? There were a few things that I needed to, that, you know, that she requested that I coach her on, or maybe there were a few things that I observed serving as executive producer and being on set every day. There may have been one or two little things, but in all reality, Shantae Adams was born for the part, including mm, being mm. named Shantae. Yeah, so right. she stepped right into it without any problem. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome Roxanne so you know we're obviously uh, you know it's, uh, the movie's gonna introduce you to a whole generation of new fans but um, we're huge fans of um, Juice Crew and Marley Marl in those days can you talk a little bit about when you were introduced to the crew and how that sort of uh, started yes well I met Marley Marl when I was in about maybe 7 or 8 years old because we lived in the same housing project so I knew Molly Mall my entire life, including MC Shan also. And wow. I think it's because growing up in the same neighborhood and living on the same block, we already had that connection. Mm-hmm. So to get together as artists was very easy for us because he already knew me. That's why he's able to call me out the window and say, come to his house. He wasn't a stranger <laughs> calling me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So did you ever end up running into UTFO? Like... After that whole thing popped off, was was that a thing? Did you ever kind of get to talk to them about that? Well, um, I did. I, you know, to now, presently, today, me and Kango have a great relationship. Me and Doc have a wonderful relationship. And, um, you know, the educated actor has passed on. Right. But also me and Nick Master Ice had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And when I say great relationship, it's not the same relationship that I have with my hip, with my juice crew brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a real brother-sister relationship. But when I say we have a great relationship, we work together, we see each other, we smile, we hug, you know, we kiss each other's kids. We, like, you know, come to each other's kids' birthday parties and things like that. Oh, so damn. that's our relationship now. We're things. It wasn't always like that. Right. When we first met up, I think it was better for the industry that they portrayed us as arch enemies as though mm-hmm. they did whatever it took to contribute to that. Whether it was different show bookings, whether it was different locations, maybe even sometimes to the point of different accommodations. Maybe it might be sometimes when I'll have the better hotel, better hotel room, and then they won't have that. Then sometimes they would have it and I wouldn't have it in order to keep that risk going. Mm. Awesome. Um, can we talk a little bit about Deaf Fresh Crew? Um, <laughs> I love that song. It's such a minimal classic. Can you talk about how that came to be and how uh, you and the biz uh, came to work together? Yes, that fresh crew came about because Molly decided to quit on me right before show. <laughs> wow. And so, so it is how it was portrayed I mean, in the movie. 
Exactly. Wow. And so me being able to do a freestyle, that was just a freestyle. I knew his name was Ben. You know, I knew what we came to do. I knew what we had <laughs> on. And so I just did the rhyme about that. Wow. That still stands to this day. That is so awesome. You know, we touched a, a little bit on this earlier, um, you know, about just the, the new forefront of female MCs. And, you know, the, um, people are getting more shine, a little bit more attention. But how was it when you were one of the few lone female MCs in a, you know, in a world filled with men? Um, see, for me, it was, it was, it was okay as far <laughs> as being a, a female MC around all the fellas because I was always able to hold my own. Mm. I didn't come out, you know, with all this sexy clothing and revealing this and mm-hmm. revealing that. See, I didn't have any of that. So I was always thought, you know, they always looked at me as the little sister. Mm. You know, so there was never an, uh, there was never a time where it was like, oh yeah, I want her to be my girlfriend, or I want to sleep with her, I want to be. So they were always very respectful to me, mm. even when I was throwing tantrums and cursing and saying all types of things about them. You know, they still, you know, they still were like, okay, you know what? That's just our little sister, and she's acting up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, can you talk a little bit about uh, the the Queensbridge? Uh, Bronx beef, you know, that, that was going on at that time. I, I know Nas talks about it in his kind of documentary, and I was, I was wondering, could you just give us kind of a flavor for how intense was that when that was really, when that was really popping? Well, that was very, um, that, you know, I happened to be overseas at the time when that was done. And, you know, you're talking about going back into time when we didn't have cell phones and internet and Facebook. Mm. So, when I came home, I came home and it was already a beef. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck happened while I was gone? <laughs> and like, who's terrorist one? And, and why the fuck is he mad at me? <laughs> right, right. Did you ever kind of talk with him about that? Because he, right. he kind of cut you low on the record. I know it's been years and years, but you guys ever kind of get a chance to talk about that? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, as as you know, anything that has 30 some odd years, of course, you're going to meet up with each other and uh, talk about it. I remember the first time, and I think he talked about it in an interview. Um, the first time we met up, we met up at a bank, and I was ready to fight. I didn't know what everybody else wanted to do. But I was like, you know, I told somebody, like, listen, hold the baby, because I'm getting ready to fight. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you, brother? And he was like, he was very humble, and, and you could tell that he was, he was, he was Karis one, the teacher then, mm. you know, cause he was like, sister, I didn't know, I, you know, he was like lost for words. And I was like, oh, you did all that business. You didn't even want to fight. Like I was fucking get it. <laughs> but I remember being in the uh, limousine when, when I first heard the bridge is over and the limousine driver just was, you know, I was tired. I had just came from overseas. My son was an infant. You know, I'm going through a lot. And and so, you know, sometimes the only, sometimes sleep is the, was the only freedom that I knew. Mm. And, you know, and I could only sleep whenever I got a moment to. Because mm. between having a baby, you up with the baby. And then being a hip-hopper, you up all night at the club. Mm-hmm. So if I could get two hours here or two hours there or sleep on a plane or whatever, you know, just trying to find any type of moment. And I remember the, the limo driver saying, hey, I want to play this. And I was like, well, let me hear it later. He's like, no, you should want to hear this now. And I was like, no, nah, I'm kind of tired. And I remember rolling up the partition because, like, back in the days in the limousine, they had this big velvet-ass partition you could roll up. 
And I remember rolling up the partition. And then about 10 minutes later, I heard the partition going back down. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> and he was playing the bridges over. Mm. And as soon as I heard the Roxanne Chante is on the different city second part, and I knew that Karis one was Kane's friend. Like, he had just moved furniture with Kane. Mm. <laughs> so I called Kane on the phone, and I was like, what the hell your fucking friend? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I know, Shani, but also, I understood that it's hip-hop. And if you wanted to be the best, you had to come to the best. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're coming at us. If we're the best at this time, then everyone is going to come at us. And I knew I had already had 80-something records made about me. So I was already cool with people coming at me because I already understood that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, usually it was somewhere you were, it was provoked. It was some, you know, whether it was something in one of my shows or whatever it was. But... I was surprised about that. And then later on, Karis, one of myself, we talked about it, we laughed about it. And then I remember him performing the song, and Marley had actually produced the album for him. Right. So I felt like, right. I felt like, well, if Marley can forgive him and let him produce the album, <laughs> then, then he fucking might be angry. So, you know, um, I remember Karis one doing a show, and because I was there, he changed the lyrics. Mm, wow. and, didn't, and didn't want to say it, being respectful. And then I remember cutting in the middle of his show and told him, like, you can't unwrite history. Like, mm, that is our history. You can't unwrite hip-hop. You can't change our history. You better sing that shit the way you're supposed to. <laughs> and then he started laughing. And then he started all over again. <laughs> and the crowd went crazy because... It's hip-hop, and yep. you can't change that. And I wouldn't want him to change that, you know? Mm. Sounds like a good scene for the sequel. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, Roxanne, do you still rap? I, you know, some people ask me, like, do I still want, am I capable of doing it? Absolutely. Right. Do mm. I do it now? No. Do I host events and occasionally something comes out of my mouth? Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm really like one of the uh, most sought-after hosts. So people have me to host it because in sure. between, you know, I'm telling hip-hop stories, I got people laughing, I'm talking about the past, you know, I talk about kids and, and all types of stuff. I talk about being gay, all types of stuff. So, you know, it, it, we definitely, I definitely come across with a great old school hip hop feel. So yeah, I can still do it if I choose to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, wow, that's great. Uh, that said, what kind of music do you listen to? Mm -hmm. What kind of music do you listen to in your spare time? I listen to old school R and B. Okay. Oh, I listen okay. to music from from 1969 to 1978. <laughs> <laughs> That's very specific. Um, you know, sort of just uh, piggybacking on that last question. So, are you in tune to any of the modern female MCs or just MCs in general? I mean, are you listening to anybody recently? And um, if so, how do how do they strike you? Or do you even hear yourself in sort of these um, these well, younger cats? I mean, do I do I listen to it? like do I listen to it? Um, will I select it? Probably not. <laughs> Am I subjected to it? Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, so now, now that you got the Netflix money, now you're rolling in Netflix money. What's, what's the next thing for, for Roxanne Shante? Actually, I would, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe the end of the year because I'll be going back out, um, 
and I'm going overseas. And, you know, we still do a lot of touring. We still do a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe the end of the year, I'm going to take some time out. And um, I would like to take a vacation and write a book. I mm-hmm. really, really think it's time for me to really write a book, like a like an open history, I can't believe that really happened type book. Wow. You know? Wow. Well, look, yo, Roxanne, we're, we're, again, we're just huge fans with, of your incredible history, and, you know, you're a trailblazer, so Thank we're you. really glad to have you on, and, uh, you know, we're going to pre-order the book already, so... <laughs> You know, we just want to say thank you again. Thank you again so much for your time, and we're really happy to just, uh, you know, just have you on board because we are the hugest fans. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good night. You All too. Right. You Bye-bye. too. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. And a one and a two. We want to thank you for listening to another dope episode of the Dad Bod Rap Pod. More fly conversation and interviews coming your way every week. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash dadbodrappod. And we're always down to interact with you on Twitter at dadbodrappod, all spelled out. Subscribe on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. 